0: Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au
1: It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood.
2: Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures for the next gen Ford Ranger. Everything you need for work and play. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating
0: and the great outdoors. Good morning, Redmond. Good morning, mate. It's been a hell of a week. We had some fantastic weather here in Victoria and then decided to have about 450,000 litres of rain for about two days. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with a bit of water temp, especially at the top part of the bay. Uh, the snapper season here in Victoria is about to kick off, and uh, Craig already was fishing up the top end, uh partner in Salt Guide, and the water up there genuinely looked worse than the Murray River from all the rain they've had. And obviously we're getting this downpour now, so it's going to it's going to be interesting to see what happens because a few years ago, Pat, we had our best ever snapper season after uh, the biggest rainfall we had in years, because all the nutrients and everything that gets washed out of all your rivers and estuaries, or well, the rivers and estuaries example, and even off the land, gets pushed in, which creates life and all sorts of organisms start feeding on it, and it obviously gets bigger down the food chain, right from the smallest object right up to your big snapper, which everyone's going to go crazy on, a, go crazy about in the next month. If not, they they sort of already are now because there's so many boats on the water. But, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens. I don't reckon it will play too much of a role on the water temp. I reckon that will hold pretty good and just keep getting better. But I reckon the snapper season is going to be an absolute cracker.
2: I went trout fishing on Tuesday, Tuesday morning, and I, I probably went a day early because you spoke about that, that water and that rain and it was just running that little bit too fast through the outway. So I went in the back of Lawn uh in in Victoria and it it just wasn't quite there. Like it was good and I saw a few fish. I dropped three. I dropped four, but it just that that water's moving so fast and I was using the dry fly. you fly um, fishing. Fly fishing, yeah. So yeah. It, it was it was good, but it was one of those days where you finish with, well, it was yeah. nice to get out, but, geez, it's annoying that I didn't boat. One fish, of those days. or land just, a fish. One of those days where it's just good to be out there. My most. My most <laughs> you, you know what? It actually wasn't. I, I was a bit <laughs> flat after it because yeah, we, we, we'd we, spent a couple of hours and then it, it, there was just so much water movement and I went with Dad and um, – I dropped a fish and then we went, you know, walk can, probably walked another couple of hundred meters and we turned around and walked back. I had to pick up the kids from um, from Kidna. And dad got one fish out of that same hole. The same fish
0: I dropped, I think.
2: <laughs> and it was just flattening. When the old I don't know about you, but when the old man out fishes you, know, there's something about it that is just a bit flattening.
0: Oh, it's never never happened to me. Uh, it's um it's with the dry flies when you say you drop fish. How, how do you how do you drop it? Is it not enough tension, or is it getting too excited? Because I know you do get excited.
2: Yeah, I do. Now, I suppose the balance is when you when you're fishing in in really strong water or well, strong currents, trying to keep tension on the line, but not um, not Interrupt drag the fly, fly. through yeah. the water because you want to mimic that you know that insect that lands on the surface then and, and just drifts down. That balance of keeping the line tight but not slack, you know, is probably something, or it's definitely something that I'm still working through. Hey, we've got a massive show this morning, Redmond, because this coming weekend, the 20th to the 23rd, the Melbourne Boat Show celebrates its 60th year. Now, you and I are both excited about this. We will both be there. I know you're presenting uh, at different times. What can – we might just go – through it quickly when are you presenting on stage
0: yeah going to be at 12 o'clock on the saturday and on 1 30 on the sunday and uh there's no time slot for you so you're more than welcome to join me for for a chat talking all things fishing, if you want on either either time so uh we'll, we'll give it a post if i can snag pat for a chat but it's going to be uh it's going to be great i'm going to be talking about i reckon i haven't actually confirmed it. i was waiting to get my time slots and i only just got it so i've only got about half an hour which I don't know. It's a little, in my opinion, Pat, regarding the boat show, I'm not sure what you think. I reckon the way they should do it, instead of having back to back to back to back to back to back talks, like every half an hour, 45 minutes, instead of having, say, for instance, me talk for 30 minutes, I can't really talk about a topic. By the time you introduce yourself, do, I guess, talk about something and then do the questions at the end, I'd probably, I'd much rather say an hour. Instead of having back to back, they should, I reckon they should do more time slots like, a 9 o'clock segment, maybe 11, let everyone have lunch at 12, then a 1, and then, like, half the amount of talks, but more of, like, attractions, and, like, have, like, your sort of, I guess, your bigger presenters, so count me out, but your bigger presenters to hopefully get that Lee Rayner. I Lee mean, Rayner. And anyone else that's uh, worthy of listening to. But what I mean by that is there's just no interest as – there's not as much interest in talks when they're back-to-back because people just don't want to sit there for four hours to listen to something where – when you go to the four by four show, they get the four by four guys up there and they have like every two to four hours, depending, each day is different. They run all right and it's a massive crank up on the loudspeaker. Right. Oh, we've got Jason from all four by four talking at two o'clock. Make sure you get down. And But there's been no talks for two and a half hours and they fill the whole crowd. So instead of talk, getting there and only talking to, say, 50 people, you can sort of have that, uh, I guess, 100 to 250. An hour time slot, the punners get more. It's easier for me and other presenters. What What do you think? Do you think it's a better option to do that? Well, I, I suppose it depends on
2: how intricate you want to be with what you're presenting. So, yeah. obviously, you're there, Lee Rayner, uh, Andrew Eddinghausen, the great man Et, and, and there's plenty others as well presenting. But I suppose oh, I think they've done it because you can pick and choose a bit. You can, you know, yeah. you've got a half hour slot here. Sweet, fantastic. I'll go there for for Aaron. I'll skip the next one, but there's there's Cooking Squid, um, De Silva's on, he will be really interesting to, to listen to. So you can pick and choose a bit. Um, the the other good thing about this is there's a kid zone uh, for those that are heading there with families. So the kid zone is the 21st to the 22nd, so the Saturday, Sunday, so not the Friday. Uh, but there's magic tricks, face painting, uh, bubbles galore. I'm not exactly sure what that means, Aaron, but having had uh, – you know, the the bubbles at home, crap tends to get everywhere. So I'm assuming yep. it's along those sort of lines. Uh Seaweed Sally's there. So I think she's got a few different crustaceans, which is a bit of a touch and feel for the kids, which is wonderful. Uh, there's big, tall pirates. So it, it is a bit of a day out for the family. And because it's all free, you know, it is one of those things where it's not going to cost you anything apart from – um, you know, if you're gonna get some lunch or or what have you, so we're both really looking forward to it. In terms of the mechanical side of things, Redmond, I'm looking forward to seeing Mercury's 600 horsepower in the flesh.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, same here. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Oh, I had a chance to go on the boat, but I was actually on holidays a long time ago. But it's a, it's it's a big engine. It is huge and it looks cool. <laughs> so it's going to be very interesting to see. I'm going to be very interested to see how the show goes being outdoors. And I think it's going to come back to that factor of the, the old weather God spat with the rain. If we have a good weekend of weather, it is that going to be sense. fantastic. Yep. And everyone's going to
2: say, this is how it needs to be. Yep. If Melbourne does Melbourne,
0: it could be, it could well, be I a shocker. What do we have during the week? I think on Thursday, we are uh, Wednesday. We had 20 to 40 mil. and on Thursday we have, we had 40 mil. So we had two days of massive amounts of rain, And I'm not sure what's predicted at the moment for next week because there's no point in looking at that because they can't get it right the day before, Pat, let's be honest. So it's just going to be very interesting to see how it pans out. I'm really excited for the on-water stuff. I really am. Like, it's going to be so, so good to be able to step on boats and get that feel because, don't you agree, boats are are so much more, I guess, intimidating on a trailer than what they are in the water? They look I I agree
1: with that. If you're
2: going there to buy... Yeah, absolutely. Once you, you jump off the jetty or wherever it's set up in the Docklands, you step on board, absolutely. It's it it's far different. So my 750 is going to be there. So if anyone's looking uh, for a boat around that, my North Bank 750 is there. You can step on board. You can see what it's like. Now, this is a big boat on the trailer, but it does feel more nimble once you step foot on it. And, and one of the other things that Obviously, is on it is the um, Dometic steering, the the Optimus 360 Redman, and that's a great thing to actually see live in action because it's hard to appreciate, especially over radio as we are now, that a boat can be manoeuvred with just a joystick and your thumb essentially.
0: Well, to be honest with you, I uh, I won't be doing those demonstrations because I tell you what, I can't drive I can't use the bloody thing. I suck at it. I just I can't do it. I I just I don't know if it. I'll be honest. I don't know if it needs to be recalibrated or that I am just absolutely pathetic at using that joystick. I just can't. I think you're the one that needs to be recalibrated. It isn't I'll, that difficult. I'll accept that. It's, uh, I just some days I get it and it just goes out nicely off a pier. Other days I start pressing it and I start going sideways with the nose. I'm going <laughs> get quick correct it with the with the engines here. So uh, yeah, no, it's a great it's a great thing on a boat, especially like you said. Your boats get on that bigger side of things, especially with outboards. So uh, it's it just makes especially if you're only getting into boating, you don't know how to use engines properly. Just makes it safer and I guess more comfortable for you motoring around harbors, pontoons, piers. Speaking of size, uh Ital
2: boats will be there with Geelong Marine Center. And yeah. that's a different size altogether. So this is 32 feet, this is twin 325 Suzuki's, and there's bigger boats uh, that are going to be at the show as well. So you'll see a huge variety, whether it's tinnies that you that you'll see on trailers. Or, the, or it's, you know, 40, 50-foot uh, boats uh, in the water that you can walk around, get a feel for it. It's all there at the Melbourne Boat Show this coming weekend. And as Aaron said, he'll be on stage from
0: – was it 12 o'clock on? Yeah, 12 Saturday, Saturday. and 1.30 Sun Yeah, 12 Saturday, 1.30 uh, on Sunday. I reckon I'll do – I'll talk obviously a fair bit about the snapper, I reckon, and maybe even some big calamari because it's that time of the year and – I, everyone everyone loves catching calamari, even if it's you and your dad or if it's you and the kids, whatever it is. It's just uh, it, it's something that everyone can everyone can go out there and have a bit of fun catching. Certainly can.
2: Uh, we'll also be there in the afternoon as well. we will be recording Real Adventures uh, on site, so we're looking uh, forward to that. Hey, we noticed this during the week. It came across our Real Adventures desk, and given the fact that we're both based around the Geelong region in Victoria, uh, it's relevant for us, but GoBoat has arrived uh, on the Geelong waterfront where you can hire your own boat. But we had a bit of a chuckle about this, particularly off the back of you getting back from Noosa and you seeing some interesting um, interesting sailors, boaties, yeah. yachtsmen yeah. operating uh, a rent-a-boat and hire boats who you're not exactly sure whether they've got their – Pen license, let alone their driver's license, let alone their marine license.
0: I don't understand how it's legal. <laughs> I, 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 in all honesty, I reckon it's one of the most dangerous things. It's go- touch parking, mate. It's touch it, parking. It's fine. It's, it's It's more than touch parking. Look, like, like, through the Noosa River, there's a lot of tidal movement, a lot of sandbars through there, and especially down the southern end, the, the bottom end of it where you get into the bar. Now, when I went down there, I was driving, and I had put an avionics on my phone so I knew where the sandbars were. These boats don't give you uh, GPSs or anything of the like. You're literally just guessing. And people that hire these boats to a certain amount of horsepower, which is majority of these houseboats and hired boats, you don't need a license. So you don't even know what that red, green, black, triangle, yellow marker means. You've got no idea. To-
2: yes, I do. red means stop. <laughs> yellow means slow. And
0: if you yep. find a green marker, you go. And what about when those big signs that say five knots and the person's driving 40 knots past them, they can't read them <laughs> because they the it's, it's, they It's incredible how well, they are. And lucky
2: lucky the barges don't
0: go fast enough. <laughs> they're, they're not going to hit five knots, mate. The one we hired had 115 mercury on the back, Pat. You did have to have a boat licence for this. 115 mercury, and we got it up to, I think it was 40 kilometres through the river. Like, oh, that- we...
2: Normally, people don't hire that sort of. I I went the seven metre pontoon, but it had like a twenty five horsepower.
0: Oh, really? You know, so we hired that similar pontoon, but they're bringing this out in Geelong, where you can actually hire your own boat, and they're they're going to be a little bit of more of a cruise style. But like Geelong waterfront is an open, is an quite an open area. You're not in a river. Uh, In your opinion, how do you think it's going to go? That's fine. Just if you do, if you do hit something, either
2: uh, floor it away or make sure you leave your note, leave your detail. Oh, I, I would, wa- I wouldn't want to be mooring my boat near him because I've seen people uh, roll around with, um, yeah, dubious oh. sort of performance records when it comes to
0: driving a pontoon boat. The shipping operators that run through there every single day are going to kill someone because. Not not to be happy, they're not going to be happy because they're driving through and I don't know what the exact rules and regulations are for these at the moment. They've just announced it, but I'm tipping it's going to be pretty easy to hire one of these boats, Pat. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit scary on that side of things. I, I don't know. I'm a bit funny. I, I can't just hire a car. And go like a, a speed, like a race car, and just go drive a Formula One. And it's like I, I don't know how to do it. And it's to me, if you don't know how to drive a boat, there's no difference to me trying to drive a Formula One. So like it's it's I don't know, it's a whole different thing.
2: I I think Max Verstappen might have a few sort of points to bring up with you.
0: Anyway, we need <laughs> to move on. A uh, bit of
2: news around the globe before we. Uh, head to the first break and and come back with the whip around. Uh, hundreds of pilot whales, Redmond, have been euthanized after a second mass stranding in New Zealand. Very sad to see these, aren't
0: they? Yeah, it is. It's been well over two hundred euthanized and I don't, they they don't know why it's happening. So yeah, other than what you said, it's. Other than being sad and horrific, they just—you can't do anything about it. It's nature doing its thing, and uh, yeah, I hope it's nature doing its thing. They think it is this uh, the way I read it. So hopefully, it's, hopefully, uh, they can sort their things out—the old pilot whales—and correct their course because there was last year was—I think it was even bigger numbers than this, and this is just only the start of it. And we're well over two hundred now, so we'll see, see, see where it ends up. Have you have you come across anything stranded throughout your time living? Along the coast, whales, turtles. Yeah. yeah, a lot of a lot of whales. Um, I've seen over the years heaps of whales. I would want to say heaps, probably a dozen over the years in my life. Like I got down at um between sort of Sorrento, a lot of more on Sorrento side of things, a few up your way and a few a few down here, but a lot of uh, penguins. When you get those massive swells for a long time, those fairy penguins get destroyed, I believe, and they wash yep. up on the beach. And then occasionally you get mutton birds that they might, they're a, they're a very big migrationary bird. And they're actually currently traveling down the East Coast of New South Wales, making their way towards Bass Strait to do their breeding side of things down our way. And they're coming in there millions, like millions. Like I watched a video during the week. Or millions. There, I was going to say hundreds of thousands, but there, there's more. And, you sound like you sound like Donald Trump. Billions and billions, billions, and, billions. and billions. Well, you know, that's probably the most accurate uh, comment he would have made if he spoke about these mutton birds. Because I was watching Trapman's footage, and I reckon it went for a minute, and it was just millions and billions <laughs> traveling yeah. down the coast of billions just, and billions <laughs> and one <laughs> one after another of these birds coming down the coast, and they're making it, but. Something must happen to them. They get lost, disorientated, and I've seen hundreds and hundreds of them washed up on the beach too, which is sort of a – well, not sort of. It is a sad thing to see when there's tens of thousands of birds washed up on the beach spread right along our south coast. Biggest thing – I remember
2: we had a beet whale wash up. I think George was maybe two, so only, only a few years ago now. But there, some of the chunks out of the side of this thing, mm. it's safe yeah. to say there's some pretty big – it, it, it has. it's either – it's either bronze whalers or it's big whites. And the size of the circumference of these chunks out of the side of this whale, they're big rake white whites, I think. Like they, it's uh, incredible to see.
0: That same year that you and I got that massive bronzy, that they, I reckon the, the reason they were hanging around, because that remember that shark was on the beach yes. straight, directly straight in from where we hooked that. That's why I went. We were out a fair bit wider, but we weren't actually intending to catch that shark off that whale, but there was a lot of shark activity around it, and uh, that's where we got the shark out the back of it. Got a
2: massive show of Real Adventures coming your way this morning. Don't forget the 60th Melbourne Boat Show is on this weekend, the 20th to the 23rd, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Both Aaron and I and Real Adventures will be there. Plenty more Real Adventures after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. It's time for the whip around where we take a look right around the country to find out what's biting in your neighbourhood and in your state. We'll kick things off with Victoria. The snapper offshore are starting to build. Uh, Salt Guide Angler and Real Adventures regular uh, Gwane Blake's caught a few, Redmond. What are the reports that you're hearing?
0: Yeah, they're starting to fire up. So Gwane's in the Western Port side. He's been doing really, really well over in Western Port there, but uh, offshores where I've sort of hit this week, Pat, and I, I got some beautiful fish up to five kilos. So they're a beautiful snapper. A lot of that one to two kilo, which is is great. But I was hoping for a few more bigger ones. I think the moon played a role, and we had a bit of weather this week. So I'm looking forward to getting back out there. The water temp was about 14 and a half degrees, so it's definitely looking a lot better. I also got some beautiful whiting down south, and of course those big calamari are really playing the game for me at the moment. So they've been well. Uh, fishing whales well. so out of the Port Phillip side of things and the offshore, that's what's been happening. Western Port, the squid keep going, the snapper are definitely starting to fire up. And you've also got uh, Lakes Entrance, where the, the whiting used to get netted quite hard in Lakes Entrance there, and they stopped the netting a little while ago. And we had a guest at Lakes Entrance Fishing Charters on, I reckon it was about two years ago, Pat, and he said, it's just amazing how many whiting have made the return. And... They're literally getting bad limit captures every day, especially right now. Uh, Cam White, a good friend of the show, his old man's from Bansdale and Fisher's Lace Entrance a hell of a lot. And every day they're going there and not having a drama catching Whiting, where a few years ago it was a real struggle. So it is great to see I'm not one or against and I shut my mouth on 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 that subject uh, quite a bit, Patrick, because I don't like the politics side of things. I get a little bit scared. But it is on, on, on a, I guess... Being realistic, it has changed the fishing on the wide in front of lakes entrance.
2: Billions and billions <laughs> and billions. Build a wall. All right. New South Wales, uh, yellowfin uh, off Monty Island. They're still showing their faces, Redmond. They've been a little bit more spasmodic than the week before. And the same thing with the snapper. There wasn't as solid a reports, but there's still sightings of these yellowfin.
0: Yeah, the yellowfin, definitely just off the island. like A couple of K, they had really good reports of it. No one really caught them, but they were showing up. They were jumping. They were doing their thing, which is great. It means they're still there. The weather's been no good up there. It's been rain, windy, and whatnot. But also, one thing that's a bit funny that I read a report, there's no kingfish there either. And Monty's one of those places where the kingfish is. They hold there really well in the current, and the current's running really good. The water's 18.5 degrees, which is ideal for kingfish, as we know. And then you've also got the food. The bait's there. So why the kingfish aren't there, don't know, and I'm tipping they're not going to be far away. Uh, So hopefully that really fires up for the guys fishing on Monty.
2: There's a few questions uh, a little later in the show around when we're going to see these kingfish further down south, so we'll keep that. Uh, in the holster for the time being redmond uh queensland there's big snapper on the reefs out of gold coast they've been producing heaps of fish Uh, baits are working well and if you can bring the fish up uh, you can get the jigs on them and that's generally the way red if you're going to use lures you're going to get the fish in first with bait and once they're stirred up and they're really feeding prolifically that's when you can start to be a bit more adventurous with what you use
0: yeah, micro-jigging is fun. It's uh, really fun. You're active and it's just like just like any sort of fishing. Anytime you're holding a rod, and this is why you like it and most punters like it, because you're doing something. Where I'm more impatient, I sort of understand, where most people like casting and doing stuff because when the fish does eat that lure or micro-jig, for instance, in this case, snapper, the actual hit from them is so hard, especially a moving bait. They just want to annihilate it. And with that water being a lot warmer than what we get here in Victoria, and don't get me wrong, we get some great fish on micro jigs and whatnot. I don't do a lot of it because it is a lot of hard work. But up north,
2: <laughs> your t- your ticket won't exactly allow no, you
0: to do that. No, well, I actually I polished my boat the other week, Pat. So you should be proud of me. But it's uh, it's the the micro jigging side of it is very very good in that warmer warmer water from New South Wales right up to Queensland. It does work really, really well. Also, Crusoe Island in Queensland is producing huge flathead right now, Pat. Swim baits are the key and big plastics. Now, when I say big, you can get away with some seriously big plastics and swim baits for flathead. They absolutely love them. They love a big bait and the reason they do... You're talking bigger than like three to four inches, aren't
2: you? You're all like
0: Get I'm, aggressive with these things. I'm talking big. I'm talking big. Like seven of, plus. Yeah. Yeah. Like they will annihilate stuff. They, their mouth, especially on these fish. these fish are fifty to a meter long. So like, not fifty meters, fifty centimeters to a meter long. Their mouth on a flathead. Like you get a thirty centimeter flathead, for instance, and like you work out their mouth. They, they're 10 times bigger than any other fish if you compare them to like a whiting or even a snapper. They're a massive mouth. They will destroy anything that swims past them. And the bigger, the better, in my opinion, because it means you're going to get bigger flathead if you use a bigger object because it's going to fit in their mouth. Don't get me wrong. A small flathead will try and eat a big object. They always do. But once again, big big baits do catch big fish. Let's head over to the west,
2: Pepe. Uh, pe- Perth Metro rather is producing some great bottom fishing with snapper and jewfish, and more, uh, more on offer. Uh, Any time you you timing that in the mornings, is it? Are you basing it around
0: tides? What are our the reports? Snapper, the yep. snapper out of Perth right now, Pat, is as good as it gets. Jazz Fishing Charters is bagging his boats now. They're just using the drifty method with squid, and they're getting bag limit captures. They had a little bit harder over the moon last week, but it's well and truly kicked into gear. And they, it, it, it's, it's just, oh, they're big fish, like six to eight kilo. They just look different and they're big, thick fish. So, fishing really well. And the odd jewfish amongst them, too, which everyone loves catching the jewfish. Uh, Trout Fest
2: uh, at Waruna is today as well, Redmond. So, Trout Fi- uh, Fest 2022 uh, this Saturday, as in today, October 15, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., uh, Drake's Brook Weir, Weir Road, Waruna. What do you need to bring? Sunscreen, hat, water, fishing gear if you want, although Wreckfish West will loan out gear on the day. So if you're looking to get your kids into fishing, you don't have any gear, this is a great way to do it because you don't even need gear. Wreckfish West will loan you it, and then that can be the start potentially of your fishing journey.
0: Here in to South Australia, St Kilda, the whiting bags are coming in daily. And I say St Kilda because for me, in my head, St Kilda is a place in Melbourne here and it's not traditionally a a whiting spot. So it's hard to get my head around that, Pat. But St Kilda in South Australia, I repeat that for those that are from Melbourne listening, uh, so you don't get confused and head out there when you should be chasing snapper. Big fish and fishing whale. And then you've got Brighton. They're fishing fishing really good too with huge 50 centimetre fish being caught.
2: Speaking of Brighton, did you see the footage of a – great white shark so there's a few people out fishing and they've dropped down their gopro to have a bit of a peek uh, under the surface they've obviously fished they've gone home and then they've downloaded their footage and what it's shown is what looks to well, it's definitely great white it looks to be a juvenile great white of sort of two and a half meters plus um don't you reckon that would have scared the pants off you and they're actually in kayaks So they're in kayaks. They've lowered the GoPro down. What are we going to see? Uh, Can't check it now, obviously. Bang. Review it when we get home. Oh, hang on. Hang on. There's a big Noah.
0: Yeah, there's Bruce. There's uh, a big Brucey. You never know what's underneath you in the ocean. That's the scariest thing. Uh, (laughs) Tasmania. I've know what's swum under me over the years, Pat. I'll tell you what. Heading to Tassie, Smithton, some huge snapper to eight kilo have made a massive presence. Some big fish are being caught, Pat, and lots of them. And Lake Crescent, the trout are going well. Trawling Tassie Devils, low light periods, again, being the best time. That was the whip around. It is now time for the social club for the next gen Ford Ranger. Everything you need for work and play. Patrick, take it away. That's right, the social club. If you want to join in the conversation, you can hit up our
2: socials, send us a direct message on anything that you want to engage in, or better yet, Redmond. Next week we are at the 60th Melbourne Boat Show. We'll be on the North Bank stand, uh, and you are you and I are there to um, to talk fishing. So come and we'll pick Aaron's brain and talk to me about whatever you like. I can talk to you about how to. Drop plenty of trout fish, um, or trout fishing rather. Uh, the first question is from Leonard. Hi, Aaron. Love the show. Uh, I'm a salt guide member. When are we going to see yellow yellowtail kingfish? He's a bit impatient. He's a bit impatient, Leonard. Is there- because we're we just getting into the snapper season. It's just starting to fire up now. We'll have obviously yourself, but also Wayne, come on the show to talk about Western Port. But that's probably still another month away before that temperature starts to warm up, Redmond.
0: Yeah, Leonard, I've just got to throw something in there. There's a chance Pat has his premiership medal hanging around his neck at his boat, Joe, I reckon. Do you wobble the old head with that on, Pat? I can bring it if you'd like. <laughs> if I like. <laughs> Leonard, the question is, you're way too excited. Uh, the answer is, sorry, uh, you're way too excited. Uh, we're still a fair bit off. It's... Um, yeah, it's cold. It's still too cold. 14 degrees. We haven't. The currents not. It's it's sort of waking its way. You can hear that. Like I said to you before, it's at Monty. You got 18 and a half degrees. Malakuts still isn't there yet, and the currents just aren't right. So we get this run of kingfish that come from South Australia side of things, and also the uh, also the the east side of things. And once that current comes in, we get them coming either way. And but we still need them to follow the warmer water. They're not going to going to come and swim in 14 degree temperature. I reckon in the next month and a half, so mid November is when we'll start to see, maybe even a little bit later, when we'll start to see the odd charter boat getting the odd one or two because they're out so much, that's when we're going to start to see the odd fish being caught. It's just way too early, way too early right now. Bill, how do I target offshore snapper compared
2: to the bay? When you talk about bay fishing for snapper, is it the same as offshore? Cheers, Bill. Love the show.
0: Completely different. So bay fishing, it's a lot of sound and a lot of active fishing where I, I literally work in as hard as I can to find mark-up fish, throw baits out. I'm only giving it 10 minutes on most marks. Where in the ocean, I'm a lot more patient. I'm fishing specifically tide changes, either side of the tides, and I'm more fishing marks for a longer time. I try and mark up fish on those areas. I'm getting off the reef. I'm marking fish up just off a reef, so I might be 50 to 80 metres off a reef, and I'm fishing a lot different. I've got heavier sinkers down there, four ounces, and, but I do have unweighted baits out too or well, just weighted with a very small one size one ball sinker running to the hook so it's a lot different fishing i'm using more your salmon and your squid i'm not really using power pilly silver white and the likes hardier baits because it's in the ocean you've got wrasse you've got uh, all sorts of reef fish i should say and you've also got gurnards flatties and, and the likes so completely different fishing uh, i like to burly in the ocean too down at the bottom i like to burly hard because it's I believe there's fish there. You just wait for that tide to turn on, and I want to hold those that school of fish uh, underneath my boat as long as possible. Where on the in the bay, fishing those structures that I fish, the fish should be there to hold on that structure, and I just want to be there, hopefully, when they open their mouth.
2: Uh, next one's from Tim. Uh, boys, gummy shark fishing at night or during the day? So many of the photos I see online are at night. Is that
0: my best chance to catch? A giant gumbo. Fishing at night's a great time to fish. It is for gummies. It is a fantastic time to fish. But I really, really like sleep. So you won't see me fishing at night. It's not something you need to do. I fish all my gummies pretty much during the day. But I'm just smart how I do it. So if I'm fishing in the middle of the day, I'm not going to go sit in eight meters of water in a channel when the water is crystal clear. You're not going to catch a gummy. I'm not going to do that in the ocean either. I'm going to sit. 28 to 30 metres, and even right up to 60 metres in the ocean. And in the bay, I'm probably going to fish more your sort of 15 to 20 metres. I'm going to fish deeper water. And you will get gummies all during the day. But more importantly, it's about your tides and working your tides, which is a whole other discussion. You'll be there for days if I get into it. But don't have to think you, you've got to fish overnight. You will get gummies all night. They feed during the night, and, but also they feed very, very good during the day.
2: Tim, if you're coming to the boat show Come up and have a chat to read about exactly this because I, I know when we talk away from uh, our conversations on radio, there's so much that goes into the success of, of big gummy sharks. Uh, that wraps our social club for the next-gen Ford Ranger, everything you need for work and play. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood.
0: Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for all aboard for Dometic's new drinkware, brand new colours now available, and we have one of our Real Adventures regulars on the line today, Chris Vasileski, the skipper of Gone Fishing Charters. Morning, Chris.
1: Hi, Red. How are you, bud?
0: Going very good, mate. Now uh, you've been doing pretty good on the water at the moment. Before we are uh, getting to what's come for this, what is to come for the summer, or well, end of spring summer for gone fishing charters. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the, what's going on right now regarding the squid side of things and the whiting as well. You've been cleaning up on the calamari.
1: Yeah, the squids, uh, they certainly have fired in the last sort of fortnight, so it's good to see um, we're obviously back on the water from uh, putting those new engines on that boat, and the perfect timing because the squid have fired up and are super excited. You know how much I love chasing those big calamari.
0: Well, one thing that is scary in the fishing world is ta- changing engines. Now, it's something that I've just done, and it's something that you've just done, updated our engines. Now, you've still gone with the Suzuki's on the back of yours, running basically the same engines. How fearful yep. is it? Because your other engines were running so good, you never basically never missed a beat realistically, and you said you could have kept running. But the hours get up when you're doing the hours that you do on the water. What goes, Does it go through your head, like, what's going to go wrong? I Am I, I going to get a lemon?
1: It does always because, like, I've been in the game for 17 years and I have, knock on wood, I have had one set of lemons and, mate, I uh, wouldn't wish it upon anyone. It was just drama after drama. And like you said, you're taking off perfectly well running engines to put new engines on, which is good. But some days you just don't know. If you get a bad one and um, you just say it's a nightmare. But... Hopefully, we don't have to ever experience that again.
0: Yeah, no, I don't wish it upon anyone. It's no manufacturer's fault as such, like it's brands. It doesn't matter what you buy, Chris. If it's a jet ski, it's a boat, or if it's a car, whatever it is, <laughs>
1: it just happens, doesn't it? Exactly, mate. It just happens. It's no one's fault. It's just one of those things. It's just nature of the beast, I guess.
0: Yeah, let's get into those squid. Now, what are we doing? We're fishing down the Queensland Ferry. You're fishing pretty similar to me. You fish a little bit different to, to me because you're running chart. How do you cater for, say, example, eight people? eight people on a boat chasing calamari.
1: It's a little bit different from yourself. I can't really anchor on like what we say. Obviously, we all know what we're looking for. We find those eggs and people love to anchor on them. I've got to sort of change it up. I can't really do that because if you can imagine eight people flicking um, or ten people (laughs) flicking ten rods around, um, especially with the current that runs there, you know, sometimes you've got to weight uh, weight your jigs and run them on drop shots. It's a bit difficult bit harder so i prefer to drift on them so i'll wait obviously the right time wind against tide last couple hours of the tide and um i'll drift on them and get them that way
0: yeah what about uh you you squid are a horrible species to clean and the average punter let's be honest as an experienced person like you or myself they're a pain in the backside to clean with your hands at times but you've got some great methods on your boat to clean calamari for your punters so they don't have to go home
1: and get their hands dirty is that right Ah, no, exactly. So we uh, just keep it basic. Like You would probably run the same way. I'm pretty sure we've been together when we've done it together. So, um, yeah, just, you know, take the heads off and um, the back, that little backbone or little whatever you want to call it, and um, chuck the whole tube into the scaler bag and uh, drag them behind the boat. And when they come up, they're nice and clean. And all you've got to do is rip the wings off and away you go.
0: They look very good on your Instagram, and you can follow Gone Fishing Charters on Instagram and Facebook, and keep up to date with what they're doing. Chris Vasiles here from Gone Fishing Charters is on the line there Chris, oh, so it's going to be a big year. You're only just getting warmed up. Uh, I think by the end of December, you can't actually physically walk because your body's given up on you with 16 trips a day. Nearly, you uh, are. Yeah, you got snack You got season coming. It's the silly season. Everyone wants a big red now. I sort of know how you work a little bit, but take us through how you how you run your charters. So you've got two charters a day. You've got a five-hour and a six-hour, a six-hour and five, and eight-hour. Take us through what you can experience, I guess, in those sessions regarding, say, a snapper, a gummy charter, whatever people want to chase.
1: So we mixed it up this year. Last year, we introduced a dedicated six-hour snapper trip, which I was doing in the evenings when the weather was permitting, and they actually worked really well. So – We've introduced those again for the diehard snapper guys that don't want to do anything else but snapper. Um, We still do chase them on our five-hour trips, which are mostly sort of morning and midday. Um, I'm not like your average punter, and I've got a fish like a guy who rang me the other day, and he said, mate, do you follow the uh, some fish bloody guru thing that tells him when when the prime time to fish is, you know? I think it's a nomumac or something like that. Have you heard of those, Red?
0: Too sure. So it's little, it sort gives you sort of like the barometer and all the like. I guess yeah, best time just, to chase it.
1: it. Yeah, it must tell you like you know you're gonna you're gonna catch fish. Like go now, this yeah, time. Yeah. It's, you yeah. know it's a good day for fishing. And he yeah, goes, yeah. mate, do you, do you, do you run by that? And I said, mate, I've got a business to run. I uh. I've got to run two trips a day every day and try and catch fish in the middle of the day as, as well as in the morning. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, gearing up for a big summer. And hopefully, from what I hear, those uh, snapper offshore, the ones that we like to chase offshore, um, aren't very far away. Um, we need that water to come up another probably two degrees. Yep. And I, I think we're going to be into them thick um, and fast. Last year was probably one of the better years that we've seen. Yep. There was a lot of fish around, sort of, you know, in between three and six kilo, and there was a lot of days where it was like, "All right, guys, put the rods down. We've got to drive away because we've got, you know, our bag here." So, um, hopefully it follows in that, and um, yep. it would be good. But like you said, by the end of December, I'm I'm sick of scale and snapper, and looking forward <laughs> to um start getting into some tuna and kingies, you know.
0: Chris, every snapper season, I I got a few during the week offshore, and every snapper season I say to myself, Wear a glove. Because just start, (laughs) just wear it first, just just put a glove on. Just put a glove on both hands because you're pulling the gills out. The first one or two don't get you. By number three, you start a few scratches, and then all of a sudden, halfway through the season, you've got 14 infections on your hand. You can't move your hands. Do you wear a glove?
1: (laughs) I don't wear a glove. Um Oh. oh the the deckies I reckon the deckies have probably had enough of uh scaling and gutting fish, but um I don't wear a glove, no, but I don't like I said, I let the deckies take care of that.
0: Wait. How, how's that? that? That's the thing with Chris O. is he doesn't get his hands dirty. He's got a good crew on the boat that does the dirty work. He just sits in the cabin. The luxury of this ten meter beast of a boat just sits in there with his little coffee machine on. He's probably got a couple of furfies in the fridge underneath, which you can keep your cold beers in. He's got eskies there ready to go. It's a pretty good boat. Take us through the big one, Chris O., because it's my favorite.
1: It's a ripper boat. That one. Oh yeah, I'd never. I don't think I'll ever get rid of that boat. It's um, it's just the perfect all rounder, isn't it?
0: Yeah except for the fuel bill at the end of the day, if you if you have to head out on those tuna.
1: Yeah, it's it's like anything, mate. It's like <laughs> uh, I remember you saying to me you took Pat's boat uh, out a me. couple of times and you're like, mate, what's going on with this fuel bill? Yeah, well, welcome to my world every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: very good. Righto, Chris, so you're in for a big year. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Go on fishing charters. Make sure you get online because – you, you want to get out there when the fishing's going to come good. And I'll be honest with you, if I was you, I'd be holding off maybe just a week or two because Chris, I'll be onto the snapper offshore. Then obviously in the bay when those Southwesterlies come, his ideal conditions that he spoke for, he'll cater for the trips. He'll chuck on a few snags for you too. Tell him I said so. So make sure you give, grab yourself a booking, give him a call. Gone fishing charters. Chris, o, thanks for joining us on Real Adventures this morning.
1: Thanks, Red, and I'll see you out in the water, bud.
0: You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick
2: Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures for the next-gen Ford Ranger, everything you need for work and play. And can I kick off, before we get to Red's tip, can I kick off with the gaff this time?
0: Go for it. May as well.
2: So my boat this week is uh, heading to the boat show. It's going to be on water. And it's safe to say... Uh, I haven't used it all that much this year, no, no, Aaron. Nothing. No, not, nothing. Zero. February. Yeah. So, so I would have thought, um, and you've used it a few times, and you've said that you have cleaned it very good, vigorously, very good. Yeah. Well, well, that's interesting because the information that I have got off a uh, a good friend of ours, and I'm not going to dob him in, but he he works at uh, Melbourne Marine Centre. Oh. Um, might be quite high up. The report that I have got from him when the boat arrived at his store was that it, it wasn't exactly the cleanest boat that's come through the showroom doors.
0: Oh, I have and this that, the first. I've heard that, that, I'm not happy. And that
2: is on you.
0: Was it what? What? What was the dirt part of it? I'm actually not happy right now because I've been very good. Was it from the dry stack or was it from me? No. no, no. What do you mean from the dry stack? Like all you, the bird poo and dirt. You took
2: it out fishing. I would assume that you would have cleaned that off. Fish? There's no, no. fish in it. I'm <laughs> no, I'm talking about the dirt that accumulates. I'm, I'm happy to wear the dirt, and I don't awesome. want to get to an <laughs> argument on live radio, but the fact is you said you were going to clean it, and you didn't.
0: It's been in there for another two weeks since I used it last. Do you know how many of those little birds are in there? There was a lot of bird poo on it, I'll be honest. I'll be very <laughs> honest. There was a lot.
2: Well... We both need to thank Andrew and the Melbourne Marine Boys because I think they've spent a few hours cleaning it up for the boat show. So the it, gap, off. The gaff this week, once again, it goes to you. Um, Reds' tip for the weekend. What yeah, do you I'm have for not,
0: us? I'm not happy. I'm going to have to make a phone call here. I'm, I'm a bit upset right now because I've put my heart and soul into cleaning that boat.
2: Well you, you know what you you know what you have put your heart into it <laughs> because was it tip. was absolute it was absolutely bugger all so that there's never a truer word has been said you put your high functioning
0: heart into cleaning of my boat <laughs> It's no, you might go into cardiac arrest this week. <laughs> you know what the worst part about this is Kane's done the work here too and he hasn't got a bad heart, so I'm going to have to talk to him as well. He won't be happy. <laughs> he will not be happy either because we scrubbed that thing with Jiff. All right, the tip is this week, rained all week. Yes. Now we've got a bit of weather coming this week too. Make your rigs because I spent hours this week literally making all my rigs. And Now what I did, pull noodle pat yep. and a swivel. I literally hooked the hook onto the swivel and wrapped it around the pool noodle, and I'm talking about snapper rigs, and then I put the next one on, wrapped it around the pool noodle, put the next one on, wrapped around the pool noodle, and they just come off. So snapper
2: snapper rigs, what are we talking? Pat Nostar?
0: The reason reason for it is you you can do this for anything. You can make whiting rigs, you can make gummy rigs, but I wanted to load up on snapper rigs and the likes because I just want to be ready and – It's nothing worse than making whiting rigs when you get out there and all this. You just whip them off this pool noodle. It works really, really well, saves you so much time in the water, and, yeah, it's really good.
2: Beautiful work. That is Red's tip. We're looking forward to the Melbourne Boat Show uh, next weekend. We are going to be there. Real Adventures will be there, so come and say good day. We'll be on the North Bank stand. But for now, we'll see you on the water.